0: Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. What needs to strike terror in our heart, Jesus says, is dealing with the one who has power to take our physical and spiritual life. Of course, uh, the the one Jesus refers to here is God the Father. Now, Now, people, they can take your physical life, but that's all they can do. Once they've done that, they've gone as far as they can go. But Jesus reminds us that God can not only take our physical life, but he can also condemn us to spiritual death, which is eternity in hell. And if there is to be any fear of death, Jesus says, this is where it should be. The fear of what God can do to us if we're in the wrong position with him. But I want you to take notice that that Jesus doesn't just talk about the fear of death as our only option to consider. No, in this same topic, he gives us reason to have hope. On the heels of God's ability to bring eternal death, Jesus informs us of God's compassion and his care for our lives. He does that by bringing up the issue of the sparrows. In verse 6, he says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And obviously, back in that day, they were. Yet Jesus reminds his audience that living creatures like these sparrows that have so little worth, they're noticed by God. He goes on to say that the individual hairs on your head, God takes accounting of. And and in that light, Jesus gives fuel for confidence, assuring us that we are of much greater value than sparrows. Which brings me to truth point number two today. And that tells us that mankind has reason to fear God. Why? Because he has the power and the right to condemn us to eternal death. But we also have reason to be confident in our value to God because he knows us individually. And Scripture tells us, the Son of God tells us, that he values us beyond any of his other creations. That's right. Listen to me carefully, in this age in which so many other things are placed ahead of mankind and valued more by other people, that God values humanity more than any other of his creations. We find that recorded for us in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, where Paul writes... But God demonstrated his own love toward us, toward humanity. That while we were still sinners, enemies of God, Christ died for us. Listen, uh, this scripture uh, tells us that the Father sent his Son to bear our sins and to die our death. And that the motivation for doing all of that was his love for us. Now listen, I know it's frightening to think of God as a judge. I know it's frightening to think of God as someone who can take your life and can condemn you to an eternity in hell. That is frightening. But how encouraging is it to discover... That he sent his son to deal with our sin so that he could bring grace. So that he could bring forgiveness. So that he could adopt us into his very own family as his dearly loved sons and daughters. I ask you this, what other part of his creation did he do that for? And the answer is, none. He did that exclusively for mankind. And for no other part of his creation. Which gives us confidence that he values us. And that he loves us. And that he is providing for us. Not only physically, but also spiritually. But we come back to the issue here of fear and confidence. Those who reject Christ, they have every reason to fear God. And the reason they have to fear God is because if they maintain that position throughout their life. And... Um, They die in that position. Not only will they lose their physical life, but they will lose their spiritual life as well, and that for eternity. But those who receive Christ, those who open their heart in faith to him, have every reason for confidence, because as the Apostle John wrote, to those who receive him, that is, those who receive Jesus, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, John chapter 1, verse 12. And so we do have reason for fear in one sense. We have reason for confidence in another. And so I ask you this morning, as you sat there on your couch or wherever it is you're at, where do you stand spiritually today? Do you stand in fear or do you stand in confidence? Let me assure you, as I will in just a few moments again, That if our focus is upon Christ, if our faith is in him, then we have reason for confidence and not fear. Well, we come to verses 8 and 9 and we find life lesson number 3. And life lesson number 3 naturally follows from the points I just made about Jesus. And and the question that comes up in life lesson number 3 is this. Will we acknowledge him or will we deny him you know over the years uh, of my pastoral ministry i've heard many people say that their faith is a personal and when they say that they mean private matter pastor my my faith is a private matter to which i say well yes it is personal but no my friend it is not private you know nothing could be more personal than a relationship with jesus christ but our relationship with him is to be open for everyone to be able to see so that they might find reason to inquire about that relationship. We see both the personal and the public aspect of a relationship with Jesus in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. We know about Peter. He was one of the original disciples of the Lord. That he had both a very personal and a very public relationship with him. Sometimes that relationship was positive and sometimes it was negative. But it was always personal and it was always public. And this is what he writes about that. He says, "...but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy." Always being prepared to, notice this, make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. The words, honor Christ as Lord in your heart, speaks of that personal nature that a relationship with Jesus is all about. And that, honestly, is where that relation always starts. It starts in your heart listen to me carefully christianity is unlike any other religion on the earth christianity is an inward to outward faith meaning it begins inside and then the work that god does on the inside begins to come out to the outside every other religion in the world is an outward to inward situation in other words people begin to conform outwardly. They begin to try to do do good works. They, They begin to try to reform themselves in hopes that it will change the inner person. But what the scripture would have us to know is that our relationship with Jesus must be personal because true Christianity, true Christian faith is born not from the outside and our good works, but on the inside. It is born in one's heart. But not only is it personal, Peter makes it clear here that it is public. Notice the words in that verse where he said that we are to be ready to make a defense to anyone who asks about the hope that is in you. Now listen, why would anyone ask about your hope in Christ unless they could clearly see Christ's life being lived in you? Well, they wouldn't ask. And so what that's telling us is that our life with Christ is to be on public display. It is to be lived out in the open. It's not private, my friend. It's very public. At least that's the way it's supposed to be. And when someone does come asking about the hope that is within us, don't you know that we should be ready and willing to share the good news of the gospel? To tell them why we have this hope or this confidence as we spoke about just a few moments ago. This leads me to truth point number three. And I want you to take note of this because it is so, so, so important. Truth point number three says that Jesus could not be more clear. His expectation for his disciples is that they will follow him, notice, in clear sight of family, of friends, And yes, even foes. There is no place for secret agents in the kingdom of God. I'll read the verse again just to make it clear. Jesus said, Everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Let me tell you real quick. There's more than one way to deny the Lord. You can speak it with your mouth. You can say a curse to his name. Or you can just walk around silently as if you have no relationship to him at all. If on the inside you're believing you have one, but on the outside you're showing the face of, I don't know who he is. Is that not denying him? Well, we come to verses 10 through 12. And it brings us to life lesson number four. And life lesson number four is one that honestly causes a a great amount of concern, especially among those who claim to be Christ followers. Jesus speaks here of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And so we need to ask the question, well, what is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to answer that for you in just a moment. But first, let's acknowledge why this issue causes such great concern, especially among those who follow Christ, because they're the ones who most, most of the time come across this language. Well, the reason it causes such concern is twofold. Number one, it causes concern because Jesus really doesn't define it here. He doesn't tell you directly what it is. But it also causes concern because Jesus very much tells you directly that if you commit it, there is no recovery. (laughs) There is no forgiveness for it. And so this causes people a lot of concern. I can't tell you over the 27 years that I've done ministry how many people have inquired to me, uh, what is it? And have I committed it? So let's dig into that. You know, it's interesting to note that uh, Jesus makes it clear. He says it very directly. That there is recovery. There is forgiveness available to those who blaspheme Jesus. (laughs) Jesus says, you can blaspheme me all you want. And you can recover. There can be forgiveness. But he says, that is not true when you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day and thank you for listening to On Mission.